All right, we did it. We turned it on. We did it. Um. So okay. So I saw the movie Spotlight yesterday. Have you seen that? No. It's the Academy Awards today. I don't know if you knew that. I realized it uh, on my way out of the subway today. I've seen three of the Best Picture nominees. I saw Mad Max. Mm-hmm. I saw Spotlight, and I saw The Martian. And I don't really care to see any of the other ones. I guess I kind of want to see The Big Short. Ooh. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to like it. And the re- the other ones, I'm not really that excited about. What 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 are the other ones? I've kind got, of lost track. You got your Brooklyn. Oh yeah. Brooklyn. You got your Room. Mm-hmm. You got your uh, Bridge of Spies. Oh, I like Bridge of Spies. You like that one? Okay, yeah. Maybe I'll watch that. And then there was one other one I'm trying to. Oh, you got The Revenant. Okay. Which. There was a bear in there. There was a bear. There was a bear. Um, I'm not sure. I, I guess I'll probably watch that one, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not like super excited about it. Um. So the thing about Spotlight that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No. Okay. So I don't even know what right? I have no okay. clue. Yeah. It's it's a little bit of a sad topic. It's about a um, group of journalists that covered scandals in the Catholic Church in Boston in mm. the early two thousands mm. uh, about like priests molesting kids. And the thing that I that kind of struck me when watching that movie was just a, there's a short sequence in the movie, probably ten or twenty minutes long, where they do some data analysis. Oh. Um, so they're saying they're looking at, um, records that the church holds about when priests go on leave mm-hmm. and cause they realize that when a, pr- a priest is disciplined for, uh, abusing a child, mm-hmm. they get reassigned or they take some time off or they mm-hmm. go to a rehab facility or something and they come right. back. And so they find the, the data related to those events and they're always listed as like sick leave or taking vacation or something like that Mm -hmm. and they're like well that's kind of weird and they're kind of using this to confirm their suspicion that the church is sort of covering up this thing they know about and they're covering it up Mm. but there's a point where they realize that that data point actually might tell them something about people that they don't know whether they've been accused Mm -hmm. of any of these things or not so they're like maybe we can use that dimension mm-hmm. to narrow our list of people to look at to figure out like if there are other people that have committed mm-hmm. these abuses right and i thought that was like a really interesting point because that's a very like analytic concept of yeah. like are you know you, you start looking at characteristics in one direction and if you can reframe it and say actually maybe that's a leading indicator of this thing right then you can you can learn something from data that way it just seemed it was just like a very kind of shrewd point that they called out in the movie that I thought was interesting. Yeah. So there you go, spotlight. Data analysis. Yep. In Hollywood and um, in real life. There was another movie I saw recently that had data. It was one of the Tom Cruise movies, but I can't remember what one. So I'll think of that at some point. Did I'm always it, interested in data analysis in movies. Did it involve like a a computer that was kind of a wall and in a window, you know. What? I'm just thinking that in most <laughs> situations, he's either... There are a lot of Tom Cruise movies where he's interacting with a computer that is also a piece of glass. 
I'm thinking it's that. Right. Like, Mission like, Impossible 4, he's right. got like the heads up display with the map and he like throws it across to the person in the passenger seat in Minority Report. He has mm-hmm. the same sort of computer that's like he can like move stuff around like this with right. his hands. The ultra powerful computer that just simply knows all, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um Yeah, I guess generally in movies, like you see representations of technology where I think mm-hmm. It's just it doesn't it doesn't reflect a, an understanding of what that actually is like, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's I think why I appreciated that scene in Spotlight is because it's a, it was a very realistic interpretation of data mm-hmm. analysis, probably because it's based on a real story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, yeah, if there's a there's a, a severe limitation to what they can get from that information, but it's still telling, um, as opposed to either having someone just sitting there like typing, 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 and they're hacking, right? right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. means they're hacking. Yeah. Or like a situation where they're like, oh, the data model just told us this. The computer, right. the, the program ran and yeah. it gave us this, right? The, the, the quirky guy who's just typing away mm-hmm. is able to at least figure out everything. Like an Independence Day when Jeff Goldblum is just suddenly like, aha. Well, well it, that is <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. I decoded the code. <laughs> that is Jeff Goldblum. He, he played a ah. chaos theorist in another movie. Mm-hmm. So it just transfers over. Yeah. Those but he never, he never actually talks about math. In either of those roles, no, you, no, he, even though those are both very highly <laughs> mathematical professions, he's just like chaos. It's it's the theory of nature. Yeah. Instead of, I think it has a lot to do with like string theory and quantum mathematics and stuff like that. But it, yeah, they never talk about that. <laughs> Doesn't play very well no. to movie art audiences, I guess. Anyway, um, uh, what I wanted to talk about today is sort of related to Jeff Goldblum. Um, I'm holding my breath right now. I'm trying to to figure out how. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it is. Have you ever seen... This is a little bit of a digression. It's it's Mm -hmm. very much a digression. Have you ever seen that sketch with Fred Armisen on Saturday Night Live where he's playing like a political humorist? He's, He's on like Weekend Update and he'll... He'll like have newspapers with him and he'll have a headline mm-hmm. have you seen that I, th- I think i've seen a couple of those yes. he he's, has a headline and he's just making fun of how like humorists or like mm-hmm. react to politics or like how bill maher or someone like looks at headlines and he's mm-hmm. he reads a headline and he just goes i mean how do you i don't, I don't even like first of all I, I totally like can't you can you even and he just does that for five minutes he never mm-hmm. actually has a point right which i think is really funny that's what I do with real life, though, when people ask me questions. Um, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That is what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this is related to Jeff Goldblum, but it is in some way. It's well, it's because Jeff Goldblum plays like a scientist that has some knowledge in both Jurassic Park and in mm-hmm. this day of, and also The Fly. Of data scientists, and, yeah. Um, well, I mean, according to his character in Jurassic Park, everything is interconnected, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what chaos life theory finds is. A way. Yeah, li- life uh, 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 finds a way. It does. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> string theory has to do with calculations, mm-hmm. I think. Th- there's math in there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and in the in the same way mm-hmm. where you're kind of like, yeah, there's math in there. That's kind of how Tableau deals with calculations too. It's like there's math in there, right? Like it's not uh, at least the way we like to talk about it. There's it's not necessarily a, a requisite to be able to understand complex math to be able to use Tableau, but there's no, math no, in no. there, right? Yeah. Like no one would deny that there's math in there. Yeah, you, you do some sums, and but when it's presented yeah. to external audiences, they're not thinking about math. Well, that's in the a, same way that when Jeff Goldblum presents a chaos theoretician mm-hmm. uh, to audiences in Jurassic Park, they're not really thinking about math. Well, no, the the man's leg got mauled by a T-Rex, so they're thinking about his life first. But he looked good. He looked good. As while doing does it. Tableau. There we go. We got it. <laughs> we got it. I wanted to talk about calculations for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you about why I started thinking about this. So I was looking at data from our most recent conference. Um, and I was mostly looking at the data because I'm vain. And I wanted to see people, the, the good things that people said about my session. Okay. And most of the people, when they wrote about my session that I did with Dustin, they were like, Dustin wasn't very good, but Charles was good. Well, we normally say that anyway, so... Yeah. Okay. Um, I just wanted to read that. It was like some good like, data no, information. I, I, that, that is... Those are facts, yeah. But I also wanted to look at what makes a, success, a successful Tableau conference session. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I was thinking about this because I'm going to do some training for our organization later um, in March about kind of how to prepare uh, an effective training for the conference. And... I was curious when I was looking at this, we had uh, data on all the different sessions that were presented, both customer presented and and Tableau internal Mm -hmm. presented. Um, And I did an analysis. Let me even pull it up just so I can tell you um, what I found, because I think it's very interesting. Um, I ended up looking at primarily the hands-on trainings, right? So Mm -hmm. these are trainings that are two hours long, and it's usually presented by a Tableau uh, pre-sales person, and it it they it's really a hands-on mm-hmm. uh, interactive session with a in a room with a group of customers that can sit and actually try out things. Mm-hmm. So I did an analysis of uh, the word calculation in the title of sessions because mm-hmm. I was curious about. I've, I've always found that customers are very interested in calculation-related things for whatever right. reason. I was curious about how that played out in, this, in, the, uh, in, the, in the world, in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, let me just tell you real quick how many sessions there were at the conference. Um, that can't be right. Oh, that's the number of reviews. Event title. Let's count it. We're going to do a count. Are you ready? Count distinct. I didn't have to know any math to be able to do that. I just had to click. There were 340 sessions at the conference last wow. year. Wow. Okay. 340. Um, 7% of them, mm-hmm. 7.36%, had the word 
calculation, some variant of the word calculation in the okay. title. Right. 40% of the sessions that were highly reviewed, hmm? uh, greater than four stars in all categories, right. had the word calc in the title. <clears throat> hmm? So that means people really like sessions with the word calc in the title, I think. Right. Okay. Um, so... I'm curious about this. This is this is the onus of me kind of starting to think about it. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people are so interested in calculations when it comes to Tableau? So it's interesting. So I mean, with this data, it's really, of course, um, this is feedback data. Not even, of yeah. course, people who actually attended and actually sat through. And so I'm, I'm sure, of course, the bias there is might be even stronger when we actually think about... It could uh, be that yeah. the sessions that we're presenting on calculations are all very good. Could be, right. But that would be strange because it would mean the rest of the sessions are less good. Yeah. Which is kind of... Which would be weird to me. But it, right. that, that could be it. It could be we're just asking all our good presenters to do calculation sessions. Right. It could be like a demand response type thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've done this for a number of years as well, right? And so there's definitely different ways mm -hmm. that we can kind of interpret this. But in general, I think it, it kind of comes down to what people think about when it comes to analysis, right? Um, so... I mean, even, of course, the way that we describe ourselves is sort of the visual analytics of it. Um, so people really kind of think there's a more analytical aspect of Tableau. Mm -hmm. There's a more visual aspect of it. And the two never really cross each other. So when we talk about this idea of what are the best visualizations to interpret your data, uh, they largely don't think of it as being the analytical part of it, even though we know that's actually not true. It's an yeah. important part to communicating data. It's an important part in terms of assessing information. I think it, it comes from sort of where people are, are used to. Um, the, their experiences with working with Excel or Access, that anything a little bit more, um, a little bit more serious that they're doing uh, goes beyond just summarizing data and that's going to take them directly into calculation that's there. So that ends up being basically a second, uh, the second thing that you would do once you connect it to your information that's there. And in reality, I think that that's sometimes just a false positive around trying to understand what your data is really telling you and whether or not calculation is a requirement. So um, you think it's something of a misconception? You think that people maybe have a bias toward doing a calculation because that's the what they think right. data analysis is right and so they're um th right. they're going to sort of gravitate toward those things i i think in the conversations that i've had leading up to various different conferences or various different training uh there's tendencies for people to actually uh look at it that way it's not entirely wrong i mean there's some really so yeah, Important so, things you need to know about calculations, but yeah. at the same time, it's yeah, the it might be overblown. So I bit. mean, let let me ask you about right. that because I'm not sure I agree. Uh -huh. um, I think, um, I think generally with respect to analysis, people do mm -hmm. think calculations are more prominent or more important than right. they than they probably are. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I think. When you start using Tableau at an intermediate to an advanced level, right. you realize that a lot of what you need to be able to do is write calculations. 
I, I, agree agree. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. So how can those things both be true? How can calculations be not as important as people think they are right. and also incredibly important to being successful with Tableau? Yeah, so it, it's sort of this whole, like, this is the gray area around Tableau and why I think people, it ends up being easy to use but really hard to define, right? Um, there's things that you can still, of course, interpret with uh, the basic functionalities without ever even touching your keyboard, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of the, the classic examples is to interpret correlation between two different measures. Mm -hmm. um, well, we know we can do that with a trend line that's computed automatically. And a lot of those things are things that we could, uh, just by experimenting, exploring through the data, you can actually do fairly easily there. Um, the, the challenge, of course, is when you want to do something very specific. And I think that's where people um cross the line there right when you're thinking about doing something a little bit more advanced or thinking about achieving a very specific deliverable um there's a tendency that we might actually need to do a little bit of logical cleanup within our data um, that we don't have the right uh type of metrics recorded in our in, in our data um uh for how we actually want to display and communicate that information forward and so I, I think that there's that area that once you get past exploratory, the communication aspect of it, um, calculations that definitely do help. Um, mm -hmm. It's just not that it's not the entire Tableau experience, right? It's not the requirement yeah. of it, and it's definitely not uh, the, the starting point for how we actually think about things. Yeah, so I think, um, okay, I, I'm understanding your viewpoint a little more now. Mm -hmm. um, I think in my mind, one of the things that makes people use calculations more is not, it's not because of calculations, but it's because I think generally analysts of data, not people that are analysts by trade, but people uh -huh. that analyze data uh, are biased toward uh, answers. Um, so let me explain what I mean by that. Uh -huh. um, they're biased toward doing something and then having a answer given to them sort of a, a um, derived result uh, yeah. that they, they derivation maybe is a better word yeah. um like for example um if i was going to look at like a timeline of sales like to give a very generic example of looking at data and i mm. want to look at um whether or not our sales are increasing over time i might make a monthly view right mm -hmm. that it's a line chart or whatever right um and I can probably tell by looking at that what the general trends are in the data, whether it's going up or whether it's going down or whether it's relatively flat. Right. Um, and that that is an answer that I sort of can base assumptions on, but it's mm -hmm. not a derivation, right? It's not right. like it doesn't tell me a number that I can then go tell other people like oh our sales are up this x percent year over year or something like that so i think maybe people tend are a little bit biased toward getting that number um so that executive summary that yeah, they can provide it, off right and i don't um, know if that's because people need to boil information down to simple uh, chunks to be uh -huh. able to interpret and act or if it's because information tends to be delivered in reports rather than in conversations. Um, no, I, I think you're, you're onto something there where 
you know, sometimes it is the act of saying, okay, I've summarized it to the point where it cannot be summarized even further. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's clear as day, you know, one or the other. When in fact, what we're really doing, of course, is possibly painting a very specific picture that's there. Yeah, like you um, were you were pointing out last week, I think, with the last recording we did, um, the difference between looking at like the aggregate Mm -hmm. um, changes in right. our pipeline in sales at Tableau right. uh, versus looking at individual opportunities and yeah. noticing that if you boil it down to one number, mm -hmm. um, it tells one story that you know maybe things are, are fine and, and kind of not changing that much, but that right. there's actually a lot of change going on under right. the covers that you don't notice unless you're interested in the nuance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think it's the same sort of challenge. Is what I, we're I think about. so too. I mean... Uh, speaking of Hollywood, I, I actually just watched uh, the Steve Jobs movie, movie. Mm. and one of the big numbers that they highlighted, I think, across the different product launches was specifically how many products they would sell, they were projected to sell in the first month, right? Mm. And it, 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 I was kind of amazed by it, mainly because it was such a simple number, um, and it, it masked so many things all at once. I'm sure, of course, there are projections like this, and there are different estimation styles around mm. it, but... In reality, of course, uh, we know that the even the the trend in which purchasing will might take place could be very informative. Is it a is it are things going to plateau at a million uh, units sold, or are things going to actually be picking up? This is really just the first month at a million uh, units sold that's there. And the way I keep thinking of it is that when you do provide that number, it's sort of a there's two sides of it. I think one it's um, you know, a lot of times we're used to maybe pre presenting that information to executives because we want to simplify mm -hmm. the world and uh, simplify how they can interpret those expectations moving forward, uh, much like in the uh, in the movie. Mm -hmm. And then in other situations too, it's it's a uh, it's sometimes the bane of analysts trying to really overinterpret information, oversimplify right. it, right? To really show that their their team is already making all the considerations in place and all they need to understand is a number, which I'm not sure I fully agree with. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, there's this sort of difficult um, tension between trying to find a number that represents a situation well mm -hmm. enough to um, uh, to interpret it and, and take action, um, and admitting that that number is insufficient at well, the same time. The difficulty, at least when I was in school, kind of studying finance, is that when that one number ended up not being suffi you know suffice to telling the story, is that we presented two or three more numbers, mm -hmm. and so you get like a series of different ratios and metrics that people have to memorize. And in some industries, it's pretty ingrained. That's the way you mm -hmm. communicate. But in my mind, you know, well, that's we, how, we ought to rethink it. That's right? how people that look at statistics tend to think, right? right? They think, okay, well, here's the base number for this. Right. And this tells us a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to know more, if you want to be able to predict future results or right. something like that, you need to look at these three numbers. Right. And then if you, need to, if you want to know why that predicts these other things you need to look at these nine numbers right, right? but it's always um sort of a result-based number that's supposed to either predict the future or tell you some detail right um so uh, 
I mean, to wrap it all around, one of the big things that I keep thinking of, um, especially in that balancing act between well, what Tableau does well, which is some of the visualization stuff and the need for analytics to get very definite answers mm -hmm. that's there um, through calculations, through deriving, of course, very specific results is uh, just outlier analysis, right? Um, so you could be very specific mm -hmm. around a definition of outlier, uh, but oftentimes visualizing it, you can see when something's being skewed. You can see what is impacting the overall trend and the question, of course, that should come to mind is whether or not one has more value over the other. I mean, one is definitely, of course, a much more traditional way of doing things. But at the end of the day, um, you know, is is there more value in one one way versus the other? And I'm not entirely sold yeah. that that the the non visual way is somehow better no. because there's always a relevant xkcd for every situation um i'm reminded of an xkcd comic um and i'm trying to load it up right now but it's basically about automation right mm -hmm. it's saying it's i think someone's like past the salt right and then the guy across the table is like doesn't respond mm -hmm. and then the next panel is the guy saying, did you hear me? And he, and the guy across the table says, I'm developing a system to make it more efficient to pass you salt. And <laughs> the guy says, but I need it now. And he says, it'll save time in the long run. Right. right? Um, and I wonder if it's like the same, that, that automation challenge is the same thing that kind of catches people with calculations because hmm. um, as I was doing um, this the analysis I talked to you about recently around mm. um, finding accounts that are similar to other accounts and kind of their, their Tableau investment. Right. Um, as I was doing that, I found myself wanting to put a process in place to dynamically select the five or six accounts that were like another account. Mm -hmm. So the right, the, the calculations and filters and things that would make that automatic. So I could pick, uh, one of my customers and have it automatically generate a, sim uh, a list of similar customers, right. um, which is tough to do because I was going across a couple of different data sources and the criteria was kind of flexible depending on what uh -huh. customer I was looking at. Um, and I realized that at some point that doing that would be, it would take me so much time to develop the model to do it, that mm -hmm. it, it would be faster for me to just, do, apply some filters and then pick manually. Right. Um, and that would actually be faster. Um, so, so this really highlights, I think, sort of the, the second use case I typically see with, mm -hmm. with calculations. And I, I think as we kind of move along, we have to kind of define how calculations are even used within Tableau. I mean, one, talked about it before, it's it's getting a very specific number, very specific results. Um, you know, we, we hear people using R to recalculate information the exact same way they've done before. Um, but uh, in the way that you're describing now, it's for the idea of custom logic, right? Yeah. Um, it's this idea of saying, okay, well, um, I might not need something. Uh, it might be important to the visual for me to actually compute this logic as we move across, like the computed sorts and things like that. Well, that's that we the thing do. that I think is really important right. to point out, right? Because I think we're we're calling out a difference between doing math to right. tell us the answer to a question right. and doing maybe logical math to categorize things mm -hmm. or, or just structure data, right? right? 
which are different use cases that are both addressed by calculations in many situations in Tableau, although there are other features that can do those things as well. Mm -hmm. um, however, I think it's the same, it boils down to the same thing, which is that people are trying to take shortcuts by having math do something rather than them That's thinking fair. about it. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, it still falls into that calculation mm -hmm. dialogue, right? And this is one of the, the, mm -hmm. the mystical part around what that dialogue yeah, can by, do. By right? shortcuts, I don't, I don't mean that as a bad thing. I think it's actually a very good thing to be able to right. save yourself time by developing a model to do something for you. But well, as I mentioned in my situation, like that's mm -hmm. not always the case. Right. But yeah, as you're saying, the, the logical use case mm -hmm. is I think if you if you looked at like the percentage of time I spend doing calculations in Tableau, um, logical categorization is probably the like 80 percent. Right. Yeah. Doing ranks, doing things that, mm -hmm. that help us basically interpret, even just enhancing the view itself. Um, mm -hmm. I, I find that a whole lot as opposed to actually just deriving a very specific number that's there. Um, I have fun either way. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. It's still me, right? Um, and so with calculations, it, it, it is sort of this weird balance that's there, right? That you, people have to kind of recognize. There's things that we can do from visuals and mm -hmm. we encourage people to, to start there first. But there are very specific things that really do rely on, I think, some of that custom logic, that calculation, the, the calculation window lends us the capability to. I mean, just the simple idea of being able to uh, determine whether something happens, and then this is getting very technical very quickly, it happens mm -hmm. at the query level or happen, happens at the processing level, right? Yep. Um, we can do that very easily at the calculation window. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people, you know, once you get to that point, it's, it's absolutely essential that we do it. Yeah, um, that's an important thing to point out. I mean, I guess as an aside, like if you're looking to become very sophisticated with Tableau, I think that's probably the most important thing that you can understand yeah. because it encapsulates all these different techniques and use cases and functions in Tableau. Mm -hmm. But just understanding the difference between aggregate and disaggregate stuff right. and understanding <clears throat> what um, what a query does versus what needs to be done as sort of a secondary uh, right. aggregation or query um, or, or a rendering challenge. Like those, the difference between those two things is sort of the source of all the really advanced challenges in Tableau. There, uh, there's a lot of knowledge that is tapped into mm -hmm. um, challenges that the calculation windows can solve. Um, like what, what you were saying, aggregate versus disaggregate. In order to really understand that, you kind of have to understand uh, the data model as as whole, right? And granularity issues that come up when we start to, of course, uh, intermingle between different granularities. Yeah. Um, when we start thinking of things like cohort, a lot of times what, what we use that for is specifically uh, how we want to visualize something so that we can actually have the design of our view look the specific way that we want it to. And so you end up having sort of these very specific ideas that come out, but they're all different aspects and facets that ultimately play a very important role to analysis, right? This is just another vehicle, another tool for us to interact with all those different concepts. Yeah, I think this is a challenge that encapsulates not just Tableau, but like all technical um, mm -hmm. areas of expertise, right. which is 
um, I think the the thing people want to do is they want to learn um, the techniques and skills that make someone successful. Like uh -huh. for Tableau, it's, I, I want to learn how to write the counts. I want to learn the syntax and the functions that I right. need to use. But what you really need to understand is the concept. Like when I compare an aggregate number to a disaggregated number, uh -huh. what is what am I actually doing? I'm comparing something that is a row level piece of information to something that is aggregated at some level. Right. And that is impacted by how I've structured a visualization or, or my, my rows and columns and level of detail in Tableau. Like that concept is what you really need to understand. If you don't, you can know all the calculations of the world. If you don't understand that that concept, you're not going to be able to do it. But if you understand the concept, you can figure out what functions apply to it. But the interesting part about it, I'm not sure if you agree with me, is mm -hmm. that the learning process behind it, mm -hmm. I found is that you have to learn the syntax more or less first. Hmm. To some degree, you have to know how to experiment, yeah. start seeing the experimentation, and then of course, uh, you'll understand the concepts a little bit more. And then of course, through that understanding of the concept, you'll experiment more. That's yeah, there. That's it's it's a weird interweaving in terms of how you learn calcs just in general. Yeah, that's I'm not sure if I agree or not. You know, like I, I, I know that for me when I learned calculations in Tableau, um, I learned them by doing use cases, right? Uh -huh. By saying, okay, I need to solve this problem. How do I do it? Oh well, I use this calc, right. and then going back and saying, why is this work the way it does? Right. Right. And then the next time I got a different challenge, I could say, okay, I understood the way this other thing worked, so I can in 30% of it applies to this other thing. So right. I, I'm pretty sure it falls in this bucket. And then what function do I need to do this? Right. right. So I think it's kind of in tandem, actually. You, right. I, I guess like within a specific use case, within one challenge, mm -hmm. which is going to take you, you know, a couple hours in Tableau to solve. Yeah, you're probably right. You probably have to learn the function. Right. And then figure out why the function works. And then right. for the next challenge, you start to bring in a little bit of the theory. And then the next challenge, you bring a little more theory. And so it's probably an in tandem thing more than a one or the other. Right. And you don't learn each sort of function by function, right? You yeah. learn themes as we move along. So we hear about things like understanding specifically how you do a cohort calculation, how you do an aggregate calculation, how you do a row level, how you do a table count. And you start to kind of develop sort of these general themes as you move along. But at the end of the day, I mean, do, if somebody were to ask me, you know, what, what the exact syntax was for um i don't know a, a tan um mm -hmm. function i have to look back and figure out like the exact one yeah i think i know but i'm not sure for tan tan yeah. i probably know tan it's probably tan it's tan <laughs> probably a number <laughs> you right. probably put something in parentheses yeah. um do you mean i don't get a few shades darker <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a different kind of tan uh, <laughs> um yeah i I mean, it, to me, it's that that part is sort of like it's where Tableau sort of becomes like um, application development because mm -hmm. um, the syntax is is a piece of it, and then okay. the objects and how everything is interrelated is another piece of it. And when you become an expert programmer, mm -hmm. like the syntax is sort of irrelevant. It's more about just understanding. Where, you know how different variables and definitions play together and right. then you kind of figure out what word applies to that thing um and i think that's that's what it's like right i'm imagining that's what it's like to be you wilson to be the throbbing brain of table calcs um to to 
understand a, an issue and then sort of kind of back into the it, it's just a brain language. and a mouth talking this is you know at least for anybody yeah. who's trying to visualize what this this yeah, talk when you go like. on instagram and you see the pictures of wilson it's a are, cardboard cutout yeah, yeah. yeah. It, when he actually is here it's like that episode of rick and morty where there was like the cloud being played oh, yeah. by jermaine clement right <laughs> uh it was it's basically that i was thinking more like krang you know krang yeah okay a little bit, brain. just a, a talking brain. Um, yeah, I, inside a oh, fat like guy. In T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, who, who else? I, 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 I took me a, a minute. It took me a minute to remember Th- who there Krang is, was. There is no other Krang out there. I don't know. Like, are you sure <laughs> that there's no one in the world named Krang besides that? I, I'm 90, besides a fictional character. Ninety-nine percent sure. If I went on, would you name your kid Krang? If I went on Facebook and searched for Krang, do you think I'd find no results besides the brain from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? What about LinkedIn? You think Krang's on LinkedIn? Oh, that'd be cool. Let, let, let's let's look at <laughs> that. But, um, but no, it is sort of this uh, this thought process that you kind of develop, and as you kind of develop through it, you get more sophisticated with combining these mm-hmm. themes together. Um, it's it's always funny that when you know working with uh, somebody like Dan Hoff or or uh, Bethany. Um, you can start to see them work several steps ahead. That's there, and it's funny that um, how when you work with people of different sort of at different levels uh, mm-hmm. of of understanding calculations, they're they're basically still using the same thought process, but it's really a matter of thinking how many steps ahead, so that they're not you know creating one calc stopping and of course redeveloping it all over uh, but they can do it all in one foul swoop because they're now incorporating all these different ideas um as a part of their their thought Hmm. um that comes with just practice and and the one thing that comes to mind is that i I think everybody has that skill set to develop through it it just takes a bit of time and maybe of course sitting down and planning out exactly what you want to achieve which uh to any visual anything you do within tableau it's it's true Okay, cool. Is, is there more Krangs? Uh, there's a lot of people with the last name Krang. Oh, okay. um, and then there's businesses that have Krang in the name. Like um, the first result I found was Krang Core Technical College in Thailand. Oh. Uh, vocational Education College, excuse me. Um, but there's also people with the last, does the last name count? I think it does, right? Kind oh, this guy's got a biz- business called Krang Associates. His name is John Krang. That sounds like, um, that sounds like a front. I mean, he lives in New York. It's a yeah. technical guy. Um, looks like he's a technical consultant, like personally, you know, self-employed technical. Does consultant. he look like he's trying to take over the world from mutated? Yeah, kind of. Turtles? He's got a goatee, so that probably means he's yeah, evil, he's, right? yeah. He's he's like the he's the Bizarro universe version of a nice guy. Yeah, there's there's a good Krang somewhere else in the universe, and mm-hmm. he's he's shout out to John Krang, third degree <laughs> connection on LinkedIn. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. All right. Um, I also saw Daredevil on the plane. Uh, I hadn't seen it before. The, the, the show. Not Daredevil. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to think exactly. Not Daredevil. Why did I say that? Uh, Ant Man. I saw Ant Man okay. on the plane. Yeah, I, I love. That. I like that one. It was fun. Yeah, that was good. I was I was surprised that I actually. Everybody liked it. loves Paul Rudd. I really liked that guy, Michael Pena. Michael Pena was, really, was really funny in that one. Really funny. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Um, so calculations. Yes. Um, so we left off 
just a few minutes ago before shout out to krang um after spotlight in between somewhere we talked about um these different concepts that apply to calculations in tableau Mm -hmm. and we were talking about kind of the the concept that someone you know needs some sort of automated process to answer a question for them i think that's kind of important the idea of aggregation versus disaggregation the the things that you need to learn to be able to be successful with tableau let's um let's approach it this way i I think Mm -hmm. maybe a good uh way to spend a few minutes here would be to talk about what some what are the skills that someone needs to learn to be successful with um calculations in tableau Mm -hmm. um you, Wilson, you are a good person to, to ask this question because you, in addition to being a giant throbbing brain, literally, mm-hmm. literally a giant throbbing brain, uh, in addition to just, that. Just just crank, just think think crank, guys. In addition to that, you've also done your, your um, the physical like manifestation of, of you that, mm-hmm. that looks like a human mm-hmm. um, has done many a training and customer facing session at the Tableau conference about advanced calculations, specifically table right. calculations, but other calculation mm-hmm. topics as well. So if someone were to come up to you and say, physical manifestation of Wilson Poe's consciousness, mm-hmm. um, what do I, what should I do? How do I learn this? How do I, how do I um, become like you? How do I turn into, how does the, the pupil become the sensei uh, when it comes to calculations? What do I do? How do I spend my time? leave your human body form transcend uh, first ascend yeah yeah, yeah. Like first in, ascend uh, what, what is that movie um the gateways to other worlds stargate stargate the the guys in stargate like the gods are people that have ascended anyway go okay. ahead first ascend and then all right that that got that that first week pro- props on the nerdy reference there that, that takes it to thank another you. level thank you um no, I think it's really understanding specific themes that kind of revolve around how you kind of construct um, calculations, right? Um, there's different ideas all wrapped beyond it. And one of the big things is that as you kind of learn these themes, you'll mix and match a whole lot, right? But you kind of have to know the basic ingredients. Uh, for the cooking analogy, that's there. So what's, really the, start cooking. what's like the level one thing to learn? Like I, mm. I'm a new user of Tableau. Right. And um, I know I have to learn calculations. What's the first lesson? I think the very first lesson we ever go through is the, the lesson of profit margin, right? Um, and, and so for folks, it's, it's that sum of profit over sum of sales. And that actually illustrates a very important point around how we think about numbers within Tableau, right? There's, the, uh, there's obviously just the, the measures themselves, but by aggregating that, that information, you're basically informing us the order of operation in which we should sum up the profit and the sales first before doing the division um, as well as of course how we actually manipulate against uh, uh, a view where there's active dimensions being used right so when, when I use that um, same calculation against different dimensions that's there mm-hmm. on a customer level on a region level we get different results even though we're using the same formula and I think that's the first thing that ends up being really kind of important 
for folks to kind of start to understand just in working with numbers from the calculation window. Okay, so first lesson one is aggregate versus disaggregate. Mm -hmm. What does it do? What does it mean? Understanding why the results are different. If you mm -hmm. do sum divided by sum versus thing divided by thing and then mm -hmm. sum outside, right? Um, why are those different and what does that mean? Right. Um, and through that, you also get to learn the basics of the calculation dialogue right. and what the look and feel is and things like that. Okay, so what's lesson two? I now know the difference between an aggregate mm -hmm. and disaggregate, and I know generally how to write a basic mathematical function in right. Tableau. What's the next thing? I think a lot of people discount uh, disaggregated calculations really early on, right? You start seeing sum of profit divided by sum of sales. Mm -hmm. You assume that everything in the rest of the world is going to require um, aggregation within the calculation window. And that's simply not entirely true. Um, the classic example against that is to say, okay, find me the discounted dollars based upon the discount percentage as well as the actual sales amount that's there. So you could uh, do your average discounted percent times your sum of sales, uh, mm -hmm. but that's an estimate, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're now... Uh, rolling up all your information together and you're going to get a number that's slightly off than if you were to actually do a row-by-row row calculation, which is effective in actually computing some other results that's there. And there's a few lessons to be learned mm -hmm. there as well. Uh, the idea, of course, of materializing your calcs and your extracts, right? Um, of thinking through um, the differences in estimation style. Because I think as you move along, the, there's a lot of viable ways to do calculations. But in reality, I think it's really just a matter of what you want your final figures to really represent, right? So it's interesting that you, you bring up that example because the first example, right? Aggregate versus disaggregate is a, con is a conceptual lesson, mm -hmm. right? And so is this. This is saying, when is it appropriate to, to break that rule? And then also understand what, uh, what impact a calculation has on a Tableau data source, right? right? Is it written into an extract? Uh, does it compute at the query level? Does it compute at the viz aggregation level, et right. cetera? Um, it, earlier, when we were talking about um, how how to learn these things, you indicated that it was more important to learn syntax and use cases before learning concepts. And mm -hmm. then when I just asked you to describe how to learn calculations, you said, first you got to learn these concepts. Yep. Right. Why, why is that different? Do you think? I don't, I don't think it, it's one or the other. In, in mm -hmm. reality, you have to kind of still understand uh, for each of those. I kind of gave the, the tandem example mm -hmm. to the side of the concept. And the main idea is that you have to at least be practiced mm -hmm. around uh, the, the format you start to really use, right? Um, because what, what ends up happening, I think, is when a user starts working with it, especially once they get to number two, is that they might still be thinking around the concepts that they've learned the first time around. Um, so they yeah. might do like average discount times your sales. And in their mind, it's not necessarily wrong, but it's actually completely, it, it fails mm -hmm. in, in Tableau. And then the main reason why it fails is that uh, you get this aggregate versus disaggregate concept that, that comes into play. And without being able to actually overcome just those syntax issues, you're not going to yeah. be able to actually see the results for number two and see how that's really different than if we actually did those aggregate calculations. No, that's actually, that is an important lesson, right? I was, I was on site with a customer on Thursday mm -hmm. and I was working with a guy on a viz he was building and 
he had sort of learned lesson one and he was actually quite sophisticated with tableau like he was doing some very advanced stuff with led calcs and other other types of things and he knew what level of detail did and he knew what table calc did and he, right. he, he's, he was a pretty smart guy um but he didn't understand that lesson two part um because he was writing um he was writing sort of a conditional count measure that was mm -hmm. like if if this dimension exists count this if it doesn't then count this, and this right this, something like that um and he was running into aggregate versus disaggregate uh, errors, right? right? Because he's saying he's looking at certain dimensions and counting other things. Right. And he thought the only way to do it was to LOD each individual count thing Ooh. to turn it into a row level calc. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really slow. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why don't you just wrap the whole thing in a count? Right. And he didn't realize he could do that because he, he thought every time you have to write a calc in Tableau, you have to aggregate your whatever field you're right. using. And he, just because he had been taught that first lesson, he was like, right. oh, well, I have to do that or else yeah. it's going to be wrong. So that was a really simple thing that he didn't know, but knowing it opened up all these different possibilities for right. him and the, the performance got a lot better and all these different things. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Um, that's, that's, that's a very important one. And I think sort of these two concepts are relatively easy. We're still talking about things that are mathematically sort of you can draw a function and figure out what's going on. I think once you move on back past that, though, it, it gets this is where it gets fun. And I, I say fun, people, well, people complain about my particular perspective of it, but it is fun once you can actually manipulate Tableau to ex do exactly what we want. Um, I guess for number three, I'll kind of point it back to you. What's your thought around it? Like we've talked about aggregate, we talked about this aggregate. So, I mean, it's it seems like your lesson plan that you're developing here right. is sort of a, um, practical applications of calc concepts right? right so the first concept you have to learn is um what aggregation does mm -hmm. um the second concept is sort of when when you to break the aggregation rule mm -hmm. right and so i'd say the third concept around that same topic would be understanding um sort of the query pipeline element of it right mm -hmm. um so i I think the, the the technique that you'd want to learn would be basic table calcs. Interesting. Like, okay. Um, how to manipulate the quick table calcs that exist in Tableau, being able to use percents of total and running totals and things like that, your your changes, and just knowing what why it's different when I choose table across and table down right. and compute using a, a category. Um, not being able to necessarily write them, but understanding how that right. works. It, it's it's really interesting because I think well when I, when I joined it was five o mm -hmm. you joined six o six one six o okay, and I think the the degrees in which I've learned it was a little bit different. So I guess I, I've typically found that like doing just basic boolean at least at first ends up being so fairly conditions important. conditional. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe uh, that's more important. But no, I, I think it, it just highlights just the different paths that people start mm -hmm. to take around it. And you're not wrong in the sense where understanding just the order of operations can actually be really impactful in what, what's there. Yeah, I, was, I guess I was thinking about it from the perspective of concepts, like you said. Right. And if, if our theory, as we said earlier, is that understanding the different ways you mm -hmm. can aggregate data right. on a screen in Tableau, is the most important thing, then I think table calcs is the next iteration of that. It, it is. It's um, it's along the same themes of basically saying, okay, aggregate at the, the database level, or, or actually don't aggregate, mm -hmm. aggregate at the d database level, and then of course aggregate at the, the view level, right? Um, and I think it 
sort of, I mean, if, if you're thinking about designing this list mm-hmm. in a way that um, will prepare someone to do whatever they want to do in Tableau, right. then it, introducing someone to table calcs at this point kind of protects against that being something scary later on. Yeah. Like I think people just people assuming that table calcs and LOD calcs are really advanced and difficult, mm-hmm. like means they um, either are biased toward using them because right. they think an advanced analysis needs that or are biased toward not using them because they're afraid they're going to get wrong. Right. And I think just right. putting, making that part of a general kind of tableau lesson and not making yeah. it about whether I can write a string that has the right syntax in it, but just making sure I understand the concepts helps. The, the one thing that's important about table calcs is that they tend to be a little bit more mathematical in nature as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you could do those crazy ranks and things like that. But mm-hmm. in reality, I think uh, the at least the quick table calc syntax is always a mathematical formula to some degree. It does look scary, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's uh, very understandable as long as it's explained, you know, somebody can help explain yeah. what a lookup actually is, what an offset actually is. Yeah, lookup's a pretty important one. Like. Basic table calcs, I'd probably focus around lookups and maybe indexes and things like that. Things that are unique to table calculations, you can't do them with LOD, right? Like window window aggregations yeah. are important, but there's other techniques for them as well. The window thing helps. Um, I, I really do think it, it, it's an idea that, that totals maybe is yeah, it starts to kind of bridge. Uh, a normal aggregation to a, a, a actual aggregate or a, win, a table uh, calculation um, where you start to see what, what a sum will get you up to and then what a window sum will get you up to and of course if we switch that idea of what the window is versus a running right mm-hmm. you start but it is really about experimenting it out there but for in my mind it's really about that boolean um it's all about that boolean it's um, all about that boolean um no the, the yeah, conditional I, statements it, yeah. is that might i think that those two kind right. of are the intermediate level yeah and the reason why is syntactically they are starting to get challenging. You have to do an if-then statement typically mm-hmm. around it. What happens if you do an IIF as opposed mm-hmm. to a regular if statement? How is that different than a case statement? Yeah. And of course, and it, as we start to revolve around it, even of course the output, we have to consider, right? Yeah. And the conditions also, they, they build on the information you learned when you're looking about aggregations because right. you learn what happens when you get an aggregate versus disaggregate right. error and how you get around that right. and what it means to use attribute on a dimension or all these right. little nuances that you're going to have to use every day right. but um, but aren't super intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good one too. I mean, I don't, I don't want to do like a full 10-step list of these what? things, but I think those are... I, I think it's fun. No, those I'm are the first <laughs> few steps, right? After that, I think it's more dependent on your use case, right? Right. You'll, you'll naturally learn through yeah. these different concepts. Yeah. And that's how I've gone from sort of intermediate to advanced, I think, in calculation gen- so, generally is by pr- just yeah. working with data and yeah. finding situations where I don't know exactly what to do and kind of working through it. Yeah. I mean, the unicorn viz was a table calc and uh-huh. yeah, I mean, we, we could make that arc without fully understanding what, what it did, right? Yeah. Um, but that being said, I mean, it raises a good question about some stuff that are kind of really important, but we don't quite know where they fit. Um, things like, for example, the, the new LOD calculations, right? And thinking about how, how to consider them mm-hmm. and then what, what 
lessons or advice we might have there. And even, of course, this idea of blending as well, right, which yeah. is a, more about disparate data, but they do play a very important role around calculation. I, I guess, what are your thoughts around uh, each of those? Yeah, I mean, the LOD thing, um, when we announced it and when I started playing with it, uh, I, I knew pretty quickly that it was going to be an important feature. Um, I didn't realize how much I would use it. You know, mm. I think it's just like being able to look at data that way and being able to aggregate data at different levels than, uh, than is on the Viz is so powerful and so, um, so useful that um, I think I, it, yeah. it really transforms what you can do. Right. So I, I mean, I think that's as far as where it goes in sort of learning. I think it's it's probably something that you have to be exposed to fairly early, just because it's it's a very unique capability. Um, but it's also something that is hard for people to wrap their minds around, because especially if you're used to thinking about data in sort of this pivot type mm -hmm. interface, it, this the LOD capability just really breaks it just breaks your assumptions and it makes it difficult to visualize what you're doing. I'm thinking of this and, and something you said back there around basically breaking the, what the visual can actually provide is, is actually something important about it. Um, I guess my appreciation of it has really kind of come from the idea that mm -hmm. I know how far I can get with the Viz itself and with that being able to just take it one step further or to dislodge this one calculation from how we actually design our viz uh, that's really the power behind it i guess i'm not sure if i'm articulating it correctly but it really has come from the fact that i know what a viz can do and the limitations that exist before even approaching even the, the lod the way i learned like lod's pretty well was i would make vizs that had an include or exclude and a fixed mm -hmm. that were the same uh, syntax other than that. Mm -hmm. And I would make a viz that included both of those calculations. Right. And I would try to explain to myself why the answers were different. Right. And that like that forces you to think, okay, what is this doing? Mm -hmm. What does the data look like? How is it aggregating the data? And what is what impact is my level of detail on my visualization? affecting the results right and you get you can kind of piece it all together that way um so yeah i i agree that's just a tremendously important capability it's it's interesting because at least as i'm thinking about it as sort of this last step in understanding tableau of like you need to understand the viz before you approach it um i mean this this last week i was over in indiana and one of the things i actually saw people doing was actually using LODs to overcome data structure issues before even offering people this information that's there. So in a sense, it's kind of a, a first step as well as a, a last step. It depends on, of course, who's really uh, working with the data and what their intent really is. But I've, I've definitely found, of course, very specific use cases where in this case, it was, of course, um, overcoming a data replication issue or just this idea of having to overcomplicate um, offering data to the next person across um, because two different data structures really needed to be merged together and for specific numbers to actually be meaningful, uh, they needed to 
unreplicate some of the numbers using a, a very specific fix, a fixed or include calculation. Yeah, at, at the same time, what it what LODs do, um, mm. what they end up doing is they give you um, an excuse to mm. um, to look at things sort of the way that maybe we're saying is is overvalued, right? right. Which is you know they give you a, a way of making everything fit in sort of a calculation paradigm, as right. opposed to taking a more interactive and, right. and conversational approach to data, where you know you can get a LOD based calculation by creating a different view in Tableau without writing an, right. an LOD calc by creating a, a view that has a different level of detail of dimensions, right? So it, what you can't do that way is multiply the two numbers that you have in two different views together, right? right? And so that's what LOD essentially gives you the ability to do is compare numbers aggregated on one level to numbers aggregated on another level. And it, it's funny that you kind of bring that up as well, where I, I was helping some of these users out and as they were working with the data uh, one of the things that ended up being natural was for them to ask for well they need more help more LEDs um, in the in the view itself and what was driving that was actually something that was a little bit irregular from how we actually think about things in Tableau uh, one of the things I think probably agree with it is that when we typically connect to data within Tableau we have a tendency to think about how they drill down and when we're dealing with disparate data sources we know that there's a specific point in which uh, you can't really drill past mainly because the data doesn't actually exist there. Uh, but there was a, a very strong obsession of making sure that data is uh, rolled up appropriately at a very specific level. If they filtered by something at a very low level, that uh, things would reflect appropriately or mm -hmm. would re-estimate uh, at an appropriate level up above. And the funny part that's there is that before even thinking about the aggregate view of, of even how they presented it, their data, there was a tendency that people were over, um, overly concerned about what the data model looked underneath everything that's there. And I, I, possibly yeah. that the LOD concept um, parallel, uh, well, caused some of these folks to really kind of freeze up and, and over thinking basically what the the model should yeah. look like i mean i don't think that's i don't think that's an argument for like not having lod's oh, but no, i do no. wonder yeah. like to what extent are we like empowering people to do things that sort of break with our recommended way of doing it right. with with features like this not mm -hmm. that we shouldn't release them but that we have to be responsible in like how we communicate to people and how right. we train them on how to use them um the the thing the other thing you said was um data blending, which I think relates right. to LODs really closely because, um, you know, data blending was built as a way of combining disparate data sources mm -hmm. and that's really useful. But before LODs came out, the primary way I would use data blending was to create different um, aggregations on the same view. Right. Um, just because it was really easy to choose kind of what you were blending on and find a way to show a data summarize at one level and data summarize at another level and kind of compute across. Um, and now we don't have to do that very much anymore. And I partly I love that because mm -hmm. it's sort of the beauty of Tableau is that we give people these analytic capabilities and we give them multiple ways to do things. And we have and the, the product has gotten increasingly uh, capable without feeling more complex because mm -hmm. 
the features are sort of just part of the flow of the product and you don't get confronted with a hundred things to do at once. You're confronted with two or three things right. and you have options of kind of how to approach them. So I think Tableau is just both as how it approaches data, but also just as a UI is very smart about how it chunks information and presents you with small decisions rather right. than really complex ones. Um, and partly coming, coming back to that data blending thing, mm -hmm. it makes me curious about um, <clears throat> some of, you know, the development of Tableau and wondering, you know, uh, to what extent certain features we have are going to become less and less relevant, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I wonder if data blending will sort of disappear because I think it's been announced by now that we're going to release cross database join capabilities right. in the future, right? And we're, we have this LOD thing. So the data blending capability is sort of trumped by those two features. It, it is interesting in that sense where as we kind of develop more and more features, some will simply be less and less important mm -hmm. um, to our typical analysis. The one that I, I typically think of even now, right, uh, is the, the top X filter that's actually mm -hmm. built into your filter, right? So early on, um, the only way to do a top X filter, right, is to uh, actually put other filters into context mm -hmm. and then use that filter last. And then basically you would get your top X filter yeah. within a set that's there. And nowadays, of course, one of the big things that we use is we use rank a whole lot. We mm -hmm. have the set concept, which is a lot more powerful. And so the direction that we have at using that ends up being less. But it's not saying that it's not used. It's just that the, the capability typically or the ask is typically a little bit more specific than uh, what that feature calls for. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, and you brought up data blending is sort of a, um, a tangent to mm -hmm. calculations. Right. right. And I think uh, to get back on that topic, I think it's... Um, it's again very you know very relevant to some of these sort of different types of aggregation. I think it always comes back to that to me. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it, people that work with data have diverse and varied data sets, and so they're they're always having to think about um, how one table relates to another table. And the thing that I think is really nice about data blending is it it limits how much you have to think about that because right. it it doesn't require you to have primary key relationships that are super sound it's kind of it's very flexible mm -hmm. um so I, th I think that is again to me you know it's a it's a feature that will probably become somewhat marginalized as tableau the product develops mm -hmm. but it's also very valuable for the information and concepts you learn through using it about right. aggregation and disaggregation and how uh different numbers are related and things like that um okay so let's see. What else should we talk about with calculations? Oh. What's the coolest calc you've ever written in Tableau? Ooh, that's always tough. I think the coolest one is the, I don't know why I think this is so cool, but the thing that you showed me last year that was like, uh, if a quarter doesn't have three months in it, show the trailing three months. And if it does, then just do the quarterly average. Yeah. Do you remember that? I don't and know. we did this like really weird LOD thing to get it. Mm -hmm. 
I thought that was a really cool one. I mean, I don't know if that's the coolest one because it's sort of, it's just such a niche use case that it's not really that useful except for this one sort of situation Yeah, where we sort of figured out how to do kind of an ordering LOD, mm -hmm. even though that's not really what they're for. Well, it, it is interesting in that sense where like we've done, we've been able to kind of push the envelope a little bit with the LODs and I, I'm sure there's more functions that are going to be added to that that suite that's there um for us to continue to to add more capabilities at that computing level um but even of course the capability of of being able to compute uh the max value or the second to most or second to to max value uh within a data set that's there and of course these are ideas of nesting the lod's against each other yeah. um it's been in, in, incredibly powerful uh, to even use cases that we, we don't necessarily think uh, are directly tied to just aggregation issues. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind is how many people have asked for a relative date filter to be tied to the last date in their data set, right? Yeah. It, it's a consistent issue whenever we're dealing with spreadsheet math, whenever we're dealing with, uh, well, uh, any data warehouse that is updated on an irregular basis that's there. Mm -hmm. And what we find is that, well, with a simple, a simple LOD, you know, yeah. a little squiggly mark, max, Squiggies. squiggly mark, mm -hmm. uh, that's why I'll continue calling it, uh, max date, mm -hmm. we can get the uh, relative last date, that's, or we can get the last anchor date and, of course, make yeah. a, a relative date against it. Um, and for us to be able to just bring those features that aren't native directly in has been entirely powerful. So... I'm going to go simple instead of going with uh, the weirdly complex ones. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's calcs that have ran for pages and they're cool because they work, but it's at the end of the day, um, not as rewarding, I think, as some of those other ones. Okay. So is that, is that the coolest? Yes. Squiggly mark max date is, is my favorite. Uh, Squiggly mark max date. Yes. All right, write it down, uh, folks. Um, <laughs> Bora sent me a workbook uh, a couple weeks ago of like all these regression metrics in Tableau. I mean, I've done like R squared values before and things oh. like that, but he, he kind of had, so we had a customer ask for a bunch of different things right. that was like um, related to that. And he, he just made a, a big workbook that had like eight of those, which was mm -hmm. kind of neat. Um, yeah. I don't know what the coolest one I would say. I think that, I think, the realizing that you could squiggly anything right <laughs> was like a really interesting like just a really cool moment because it, it right. simplified lod's for me a great deal mm -hmm. uh, and i don't think people know that so if you're listening and you want to learn about lod's you can squiggly anything that that is a it, you may or may not know today. what that means now but when you realize what that means you will be a very go excited. home tell your wife tell your <laughs> you children you can squiggly anything squiggly anything you can squiggly anything you want um, the, the other, I guess the, the weird one, but that is cool on a conceptual sense is also the densification stuff. I mean, it, it's still one of those things where I think it's cool because there's a very exclusive club right now that full, that kind of so gets what, what densification is. What do you mean is. by densification? So densification is this concept that if I start with two rows of data, I can still generate 10, 20, 30 a thousand right. uh, marks that? on the screen. And it's this idea of basically tricking Tableau to understand that there is a running computation between those two 
individual points or multiple different rows that's there such that it needs to of course fill in information in those intervals that are fitted in, in between the actual but data. how do you do that without data? So with two rows of data, what you can actually do is actually treat them as anchor points to uh, a bin, for example. Bin increments that's there and then have a computation run within the bin that's there. Again, the use case sometimes actually is harmful in so a lot of situations. you have to use like the show missing values feature to do that? Show missing values will do it. Um, I believe bins and doing just a running Well, you can show sum. missing values in bins too. Right. So I thought that what's what you were referring to. That partial, well. So showing missing values. You can show missing values in between dates, dates or bins. Bins, yeah. Um, probably some other ones too. But to actually fill in those dates, to have it actually render, sometimes yeah. it does require. But if you put a table calc in there, then it'll it'll project values, the values on each of those exactly. empty spaces. And there are some, well, so that's continuous yeah. views that I've, I've created off of basically just those concepts that's there. Yeah. So that would be so I could probably do a Sankey that way without yep. putting because I've done Sankeys before where I just write all the different points in the line into the data. Yeah. But it sounds like I could probably do that that way. Yeah, I think Bora, there's a couple of ones. Well, he, I think he's the guy who like formalized the idea. We've had, so just keep in <laughs> no, mind, we've yeah, developed seen some of those. I, yeah. just, I don't think I've ever done anything myself. Yeah, the densification thing has existed since 6.0, since mm -hmm. everything that's there. But like we, we, we saw it happen. We didn't know exactly what events were, uh, were were causing it. And of course, Bora actually figured out a whole thing. And there's a, the whole, um, Windrows is that what the the chart type is called? Um, where it kind of fans out and oh, you get compass the rows, compass type rows, thing? yeah. yeah. And windrows. Is it uh, always missing values? Because I don't think that we had that in six zero. Um, the the concept exists, right? So as long as you can basically do a running calculation and basically press on the that there are these intervals in between mm -hmm. uh, the our basically processing engine would try to fill in the information hmm. much like a running total calculation or a previous value calculation that's there so ever since we've been able to tap into just the how the computation level of of table calcs in a custom way we've been able to enforce basically these concepts to work and a lot of times earlier on we just didn't know how to really control them um well um so there's there's ideas there, and even now, right? There are situations where it just kind of throws a wrench into what we're trying to do. Yeah. But it's it's a completely useless concept, I guess, uh, other than for visualization things. And uh, for the most part, I, I don't actually well, use it at all. But there's, it's like, kind of cool. There are like there's been moments at Tableau, like to kind of talk a little bit about like what the internal culture is like. There's been times at Tableau where I've been working there where I've noticed that like the entire community is kind of stuck on a certain topic, yeah. right? Like they're, they're trying to fully understand some concept. Like mm -hmm. when from, from version like six to version seven, it was table calcs. Yep. It's like, what can these do? And eventually we kind of cracked it yep. and they can do a lot. Right. right. Um, but at first we didn't really understand. So yeah. I remember like that first year I was at Tableau and you were there and Scott was there and like, we would like sit in that kind of space and like, yeah someone would be like, I just figured I can do this with table calcs. And it's stuff that now we'd look back and be like, yeah, of course you can, right? right. But we didn't, it was a new feature. We didn't know all that right. stuff yet. So, um, and then I think for a while, 
um, there was like a lot of JavaScript API kind of, that yeah. was sort of a thing that everyone was kind of curious about. And I, we still haven't completely cracked that one, but I think people understand what it can do. So I think densification right now is like the thing that everyone thinks of as like the advanced thing that they don't really have a full grasp of yet. Yeah. And of course, in reality, it's, it's so niche that yeah. it really doesn't come up. Um, but fully understanding the, yeah. the possibilities there allow you to figure out when to apply it right which is possibly it, it might have that those applications that's there but it, yeah there, there's moments like this and to be honest I, I still think LED has a ways to go right yeah. like we said anything fits in a squiggly yeah, line squiggly anything squiggly anything and so yeah. the reality is well to, to what nth degree does it actually uh, yeah. fall apart right and I, I still haven't seen a moment where we've said okay well we can't do that in LED yeah. well there's some things there's like there's some ordering things that we can't do. Well, the logical idea right now, which is we can't do a rank in the yeah. LOD, which is I, I think something that's been kind of expressed back to, to dev. But uh, you could do things like if I can figure out what's the second to last value or the first second to first value right. that's there, could I push it all the way to the tenth value or the fifteenth value? In theory, kind of, probably. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of work. It's yeah. probably inefficient at a specific uh, point. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's that's a good insight. Like the fact, like what is advanced right now right. is a really interesting topic, and it changes. Sure. So, um, you know, when we when we think about both how we train the community and how people think about Tableau and how people communicate and write about Tableau. From the perspective of understanding what is beginner and what is intermediate and what is advanced that's constantly changing right and it's changing because the technology changes and it's changing because the the amount of brain power that surrounds tableau and is able to not just your throbbing brain wilson the, but the, 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 crang, the collective throbbing the brain of, the of tableau yes oh. yeah um <laughs> that changes and the understanding of different features changes and, and things like that so um I think that's something that is really fascinating to follow and to note that this is where we're at right now mm -hmm. and that'll that'll change. And I mean, I'll just put it out here just because it's this week. 9.3 is coming out probably yeah. this week. Is it really? Uh, I, I, I think knew it was so. coming out soon. Yeah. So it's looking like it's probably this week. If not, don't quote me on it, guys. Um, be within a couple of weeks, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that new release, I, I can promise... Mm -hmm that the the idea of advanced and basic is just going to be rewritten with those new releases probably not as much because it's a dot release but we're definitely of course going to see some advances that uh of course will, will change the way that we manage everything okay what's your favorite feature in 9.3 single feature single feature Oof. um well i think uh, it's it's probably gonna be the banner one right the version control mm -hmm. uh is, is huge and of course something that from a deployment basis was really difficult has now been made easy yeah do you do you know if you'll still be able to squiggly everything um uh you know what uh people keep on asking me compatibility issues and mm -hmm. i i'm pretty confident to say that yeah you it's still squiggly anything. squiggly everything will be forwards compatible All right. backwards compatible i don't know um okay cool so yeah, I think it's probably time to wrap. Um, this was a really interesting conversation. I mean, I think from the perspective of like 
what is this calculations thing in Tableau and why is it important? I think we covered a lot. Yep. Um, the from the just beginner kind of understanding of uh, aggregation versus disaggregation and what you know what to focus on and why um, why this whole concept is so important. Um, we we covered a lot of that. I think for me it comes back to this kind of constant push and pull between um, you know what is possible and what um, what is sort of our recommended way of doing things, yeah. right? And so um, finding that middle ground between trying to automate and find a process in a, in a methodology that does everything for you and gives you answers um, to sort of the interactive kind of conversation with data that we like to prescribe at Tableau. The calculations are really important and all that. And again, the biggest takeaway biggest is that you can squiggly anything. Squiggly everything. You can squiggly anything you want. Go so home. So just go home. Squiggly everything. Squiggly it all. You can squiggly anything. All right. Um, let's wrap. That was fun.